Hello, everyone. Welcome back to TechPoint. Today, my guest is Guillaume. I hope I uh, pronounced your name right. <laughs> Hello. More or less. <laughs> okay. What's up, Christian? Thanks a lot uh, for having me. I'm I'm so excited to do this. I've been following you for a while, and I have a lot of questions to ask you. So yeah, let's start this. Um, what is uh, Lempire? Can you tell us more about it? Yes. Yeah, so Lempire is a suite of uh, different software tools that allows people build better relationships and grow their businesses. Okay, and I saw that you have different projects: Lemverse, Lemlist. Uh, let's start with Lemlist. What uh, yeah. what, what does Lemlist do? <laughs> So Lemlist is a sales automation platform. So essentially it allows you to automate your sales prospecting so you can get in touch with your further customers, start building relationship with them and down the line, get more sales and uh, grow your business. Uh, the first project actually of Lempire was uh, Lemlist. It was uh, back in 2018 uh, and we crossed uh, 10 million in annual recurring revenue at the end of uh, last year in 2021. Okay, so you grew it from $1,000 to 150 million in the valuation. <laughs> yeah, so we started the company with uh, with only $1,000 and now it's worth more than $150 million. I, I ordered your book. Uh, it's supposed ah, to come nice. next week. <laughs> yeah, it would have been nice to have it here, but yeah. <laughs> anyway. And um, about Lempod, I saw that uh, you sold it, right? Yeah, so Lempod was uh, actually the second project of uh, Lempire. It came from uh, a need that I had where, you know, like I was in a lot of Slack communities and everyone in those communities, everyone, every time they were posting on LinkedIn, they would then ask for people like, hey, could you come and engage on my posts? Um, it was the same in many companies and startups where people want to help each other. So when someone in the company posts, they're just going to put oh. the link of their uh, post mm -hmm. and ask people like, can you click on it and go engage? And I was like, okay, this thing must be like uh, automated. It's like a waste of time for everyone. And um, we basically like created like a Chrome extension that allowed people to be together and automate this. So it grew like to uh, in 12 months to about $600,000 in uh, annual recurring revenue. And at the time, because we were like really a small team and we thought that it would have been like much smarter to focus. I was like, okay, you know what? Like let's let's sell it. And, uh, and it will be like our first exit as a, as a company, uh, which I think is also kind of cool because it's always interesting to see like how you go from building a software up to like selling it. Um, so that's what, uh, that's what I did. And uh, it allowed me also at that time, you know, to just uh, de-risk a bit of the business, uh, do some investments on the side. And, uh, and then uh, we also sold a bit later 20% of Lemlist. Mm -hmm. Ah, okay. And uh, it also allowed you to focus more on Lemlist. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that was the the initial idea was to focus and uh, to focus on only like one project. But as we grew, I was like, okay, like in my mind, I really enjoy like building multiple software if they are helpful to our audience. And I do feel like there are a lot of things to help people build better relationships and grow their business because I feel like uh, overall um, the software industry uh, is still like following the same codes and I, I do love to break the codes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I was just thinking that there are more things that we can do and we can do like, uh, them better. So um, instead of, uh, you know, like, uh, focusing fully on, on one software, I just say like, okay, you know what, let's, uh, let's keep building more. And, uh, that's what we're doing at the moment. And after Lampod, um, is it uh, Lamverse? Yeah, exactly. So Lamverse, uh, came during COVID where, uh, 
we felt the need to reconnect a bit more as a team because uh, um, I think like whenever you're working remotely, obviously it's nice, but it can also feel like a, a bit alone from time to time. And thanks to Lamverse, it's just like uh, you have your virtual workspace where you can just go and talk to your colleagues. It looks like a video game a little bit like from uh, like old school Nintendo type of things. So I think it's it's pretty friendly and it's a great way like to interact with people. So far, Lamverse is not making any like revenue because it was very like uh, at first just a project for us. Yes. So we started to see like more and more people asking like, hey, can I build my office? What can I do with it? Et cetera, et cetera. We had schools even <laughs> like uh, setting this up. So I was like, you know what? Like maybe it's a, it's a business after all. Uh, <laughs> so so the idea is to uh, to like uh, onboard about like a hundred team by September. Mm -hmm. And uh, as of maybe like September or October, start charging people. Uh, and I guess like the final uh, decision of whether or not we want to grow it as a like real SaaS business would be around like <clears throat> January or February, like uh, 2023. Okay. And uh, going back to Lemlist, um, tell us more about the Lemware feature. Uh, I found it very, very interesting. So please explain <laughs> it to people. How does it work? Yeah. So essentially, like um, whenever you're sending emails, um, you can track who are opening your emails, uh, which is usually what marketers love to do because they know the open rate, meaning how many people are interested in the emails that they are sending. The only issue with the open rate is uh, it doesn't tell you where your email is landing. And when most people think that they have a low open rate because of the subject line, for example, we've actually realized that the biggest impact on the open rate is not like the, the words that you are using, but it's the deliverability, meaning whether or not your emails are landing in the inbox rather than the spam folder. So um, after some time, you know, I was saying like, okay, we have a huge community. We have the biggest community around sales automation called the Lemless family. I see a lot of people struggling with deliverability and we have access, you know, like all our customers, whenever they, they, they join like Lemless, they connect their mailbox. Mm -hmm. So I was like, you know what, like uh, if people are willing to do that as like a, a community platform, what if we would build like a product that will allow people to send emails to each other? That way with the variety of inboxes that we have, we're able to know exactly where emails are landed. And if we see that an email from the community is landed in spam, then we would put it back to the inbox in order for people to get a better deliverability and for them to be able to grow their sales, have more people reading their newsletter, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So we started it, we started it just like uh, for fun <laughs> and see whether or not, but it was like a, a huge like uh, success. And from that, actually Lemworm in, uh, in about a month, it's going to be a standalone product. So it will oh. be like uh, taken out of, uh, of Lemlist. Obviously for Lemlist paying customers, it's not going to change anything, mm -hmm. but nice. uh, it's, it's really something that, uh, that we plan like kind of to uh, to put outside uh, because the truth is like we have so many people like uh, you know like uh, copying us just because it's uh, I mean trying to copy us because they believe that it's something simple but the thing is like what most competitors don't have is a variety of inboxes like we have customers yes. from startup scale up in Europe US uh, Pacific APAC etc. You to, had like, the, uh, the first movers advantage. Right. Yeah, and yeah, and and more more than that is it's also like the the community type of thing. So we have companies like Zendesk, Uber, like really big companies and corporations who have like a really high domain authority. 
And yes. most people who are like copying us, they just create fake Gmail accounts to create clusters and do like shitty things, which in the end doesn't work. So yeah. for us, it's like, um, it's really cool. It's a really cool project. And, uh, and I think we should really like triple down on it because it's, it's also like a, a huge topic, the deliverability. I also found out about the personalized images and the landing pages. And uh, again, I found that brilliant. Um, <laughs> can, you, can you tell us some other three features that your customers love? Yeah, so I think the first one, as you said, like deliverability is huge, meaning like uh, making sure your uh, emails are landing in the inbox. Mm -hmm. uh, and then it comes to like personalization. So as you said, like uh, we're able to add uh, dynamic images. So for example, you could add automatically the logo of the company you're reaching out to, the first name of the person on an image, which makes it like uh, super personalized. And uh, on top of it, I would say that the multi-channel feature is something that people really enjoy. Uh, being able, you know, like to message people on email, then LinkedIn, then, you know, like making a task to give them a call. I think this is when, whenever you're doing sales, that you really like step up. So I think this is uh, this is quite important. But you are not doing uh, emailing in bulk, right? No. So the, 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 the idea is that we have our own uh, sending algorithm. Mm -hmm. that uh, will send the emails one after the other in order to maximize deliverability. So we worked a lot on the deliverability topic, uh, trying to understand uh, what was impacting it and how to really like uh, help our users get the best one as possible. So I will not disclose like all the parameters that we use, but it's very like uh, advanced. Mm -hmm. um, do you offer a free trial? Yeah, 14 day free trial. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I saw that uh, with the email outreach, uh, plan you also get a masterclass for free which costs around $800 right yeah exactly like it's something we have like um, we sold the masterclass like uh, I think it was a year ago and mm -hmm. then like uh, we sold it I think in one hour like during a webinar I made mm -hmm. around like a hundred thousand dollar or something which was really crazy but the, the truth is like um, right now we we offer it to people who are paying like the annual plan but my feeling is that all this awesome content should okay. actually like uh should actually like be provided like for people for free because my role in the end is not to make money with courses it's more like to really help people succeed and uh you know like uh, my core business is a SaaS business and i don't really want to make money with like master classes so i'm like you know what fuck it i think like as of september we will launch like uh, publicly some courses like uh so so more and more people can access it and get certification nice. and this type of things and talking about money, uh, you said no to $30 million. <laughs> 15 <laughs> for the company, 15 for the three co-founders, right? Yeah, so we said no to like a huge fundraising. It was in 2021. Uh, it was for like a big stake in the company also. And mm -hmm. the truth is like we are very profitable. We've always been very profitable. And uh, I like the way we operate the business because it's like uh, really sharp. It, uh, it allows us to be like... Uh, to, to be really like um, just investing where we need and when we need to invest. Mm -hmm. um, and I think like whenever, you know, you start the business with only a thousand dollars, you need to be creative. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> the constraints that you get from uh, lacking money, like pushes your creativity. So for us, it was really like, um, yeah, I think just part of our mindset. And uh, last year, however, we, we sold like 20% uh, for $30 million. Mm -hmm. which uh, which valued the company at 150 million dollars. Oh, so uh, sometime later you accepted the offer, right? 
it was not it was not like a, a fundraise it was more like what you call cash out or secondary which means that mm-hmm. the money didn't get to the company it just went to founders oh okay okay and do you think uh, this was the biggest challenge in your company saying no to that uh, amount in the first place <laughs> or what was the biggest challenge <laughs> yeah to be honest like it's uh, i think it's been uh, we had like tons of challenges obviously but i think like uh, it was very tricky at the time because As I said, like we started with very little money. The fact that we had the opportunity to get, let's say, like five million dollar was just like huge, and we would have been thinking, like, yeah, this is this is just crazy, you know, like it's uh, it's just such a huge amount of money. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and down the line, you know, I was, uh, yeah, it's it's at the, at that time, what was really important for me is uh, to showcase to the world that you can create a huge business without having to raise hundreds of millions. So I was really trying to make a point, but again, you know, like I never was against fundraising. I think it's fundraising is great. Like most of my friends fundraised. I think for a lot of businesses, it can be really helpful. I just think it's uh, it's not the only path to success, and some businesses can really like work and yeah, just like be great businesses without having to fundraise. So for me, like the the important part was just to like send a message, and mm-hmm. from there. Then I was able, like, to uh, to just like uh, you know, like have more people talk about bootstrapping, about like, uh, yeah, and it's interesting. It's just interesting yeah. to give hopes to more entrepreneurs that with a thousand bucks, which is, I guess, something anyone on the planet can acquire from, you know, like yeah. working or yeah, you can get started and and do something great. Yeah, and I think it delivered because uh, it's the most popular video on our channel. I think. <laughs> yeah. 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 It, I need to uh, change completely it, change my perspective. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, what's your vision? What are the next steps for uh, Lempire from Lemlist? Do you have some any other plans that uh, that you want to to tell us? Yes. Yeah. Definitely. So for me, basically, like um, what I've realized is within our company, we don't really have any struggles between marketing and sales. Mm-hmm. Whereas in most companies, like uh, marketing and sales, there is like huge chaos. So in my opinion, I think we have like a way for people to grow their businesses through building relationships and building like genuine relationships. Because in the end, you know, like uh, it's always come down to think to two things whenever you're doing business. It's trust. So for example, let's say that, you know, I want to buy or purchase something. To purchase something from someone, I need to trust it. Even when I'm doing like grocery shopping, if I go to a store, I'm trusting that the food I'm going to buy is not going to poison me. This is like the the basic of trust. Yes. And to build trust, you need to build connection. Uh, sometimes the connection is emotional. So it's like you meet someone face to face, etc. And you have like this type of feeling. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's based on the brand. So like a, a brand that is uh, recognized and has like a, that is strong will uh, allow you to trust it. But my feeling is whenever we see like how the world is changing i do feel like social like social selling or like building personal brands across like all platforms is the new way of doing sales because okay. in the end like um for example like we're having a cool chat uh you know like um you did let's say that you didn't know about lemless before but down the line like i tell you what i'm doing i'm not trying to sell or anything but if at some point you realize that you're having like a I don't know, struggles about sales prospecting, etc. You can get in touch with me. I can give you tips. And then Absolutely. if you see that the tips are like helpful, 
maybe you're going to become a customer. Maybe not, but maybe you will. Or maybe a friend of yours is going to ask you for like a, a tip or a tool. <laughs> and and I do feel like to me, people think that this is not like really scalable, etc. But my feeling is like word of mouth and building connection with people whenever combined is like really the best way to scale your business and grow. And people don't leverage it enough. So really yeah. like the vision is to how exactly do we think about the future of relationships? How do we automate the tasks that can be automated? But how, and most importantly, do we educate people on how to create their personal brands, how to sell, how to build connections and reports and down the line, make them understand that with this path, it's the funniest and the coolest way to grow a business. <laughs> I absolutely love, love this mentality. Incredible. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would love to hear your backstory, how you started, I don't know, from high school, from college, how how you started. <laughs> yeah, so initially I'm a chemical engineer, so my parents uh, okay. grew up like uh, on a farm, um, never did any like uh, studies. So mm -hmm. when I grew up, like uh, my parents sacrificed like a lot. So my brother and I could uh, get good education. And for them, it was just really, really important that uh, I studied science. Because they were like, okay. okay, if you become like a, an engineer or a scientist, you'll be able to do whatever you want. Yeah. So that's what I did. <laughs> Even though deep inside, I've, I think I've always been really passionate about like sales, marketing and, you know, like yeah. just business in general. It was the um, way that they knew it works. Yeah, ex exactly. And um, and very like uh, after that, I when I when I graduated, like um, after like engineering, I was like, okay, I want to do something else. So I did like another master in uh, in marketing. Mm -hmm. And during that master, I started like a t-shirt company with my dad. Because okay. my dad was uh, printing on fabrics. Uh, so we started like a t-shirt company, which was like a massive sale. <laughs> I think uh, we I had planned everything, websites, uh, promotion, et cetera, et cetera. I said it was going to be like a, a huge hit. Uh, <laughs> but the, the day we launched, I think we made, we had like a, five or six orders so i was like oh my god like desperate etc <laughs> and uh and from that time uh one friend like uh in in my school was actually like building his uh lead generation agency mm -hmm. um and the, the agency was all about helping b2b customers find like uh, more prospects and get meetings with uh relevant prospects so i totally discovered like uh, a new uh a new world the world of uh First, like B2B, so business to business, mm -hmm. uh, the world of sales prospecting and also the world of software. And I guess like my engineering background kind of like <laughs> made me really enjoy it and enjoy like the scalability and how things were built with software and self-service. And um, after some time, I just like decided to sell the shares of the agency mm -hmm. uh, as I was using basically all the products on the market, allowing our clients to do their sales prospecting. And I say, okay. All these products are selling you one thing, which is put yourselves on autopilot, which to me, to be honest, if you are in the trenches and if you've done sales for at least well, like one day in your life, you know okay. that there is no such thing as putting <laughs> your sales team on autopilot. Otherwise, yeah. there would be no salespeople in the world. And yeah. sales is really about building trust, building relationships. And I was like, okay, maybe we need to kind of like educate the market about it and do things differently. And that's how I got started with Lemlist in uh, 2018. What's your take on college? Uh, do you think it was worth it? Would you recommend it to someone who, I don't know, just finished high school? 
<laughs> um, to be honest, it's it's very tricky. Like uh, my feeling from uh, meeting with people and you know, like hiring people with college degree and no degree, etc., is like I think you can succeed anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's I think it's easy. Like uh, I mean, I I've seen people with no degree who are just like uh, super smart and outperforming others, etc. But the only thing that's depending on obviously your study etc like but it will teach you to learn uh, and okay. for me this is what a degree tells a degree tells that you are capable of learning specific things about a certain topic mm-hmm. and what's really important especially in startups is that you keep always learning so if you are like a really like you enjoy learning and you enjoy all these things working in a startup is just like the same mindset but the truth is with university, you have like a, a very specific, like, a, I would say like box that you're, you're in. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's not always the best, like to, to boost your creativity. So my mm-hmm. advice like uh, would be to, yeah, like study things that you feel comfortable with, but at the same time, try to launch businesses on the side, like, or side hustle or working freelance or doing internship in startups if that's something you're interested in obviously and yeah just like put no limits to what you can learn and what you can do like with my current knowledge right now of how the world works and how business works in general okay would i would i be like doing all the studies that i've done i think the answer is no <laughs> i would have uh, i would have just said like you know what like i'm just gonna go and start building online like uh, learn how to code do website like much much earlier like when i was like 15 or something like that yeah but um you know like in the end i guess like without all uh, the studies that i've made etc i wouldn't have i wouldn't be here today so i don't regret it absolutely absolutely you mentioned hiring um what's the most important part for you when hiring a person hmm. this this is very tricky like because uh i've you hired know, it's, like it's the... this debate the uh, attitude yeah. over skills <laughs> or yeah it's tricky i've hired like a few hundreds people in the last years um so most of them uh and not most of them but yeah a big chunk is uh is bad hire uh and often for me I think I thought at first that you could only hire uh, based on the mindsets. Okay. Uh, but then I realized like some people, to be honest, um, really are not to fit if they don't have the skills and can't learn fast enough. Some people don't learn fast like or are not like passionate about things. So if you mm-hmm. have the right mindset, but you're not passionate, it's, it's not going to work. So for me, I think like the f- most important thing is the culture fit. So it's like, what type of company do you want to build? And that might change over time, which is why it's so complex, like to keep your culture like uh, the same, but yes. like what type of company like do you want to build? How do you want people to work? And what type of people do you want to work with? And I think it doesn't mean that you need to be friends with everyone, but to me, it just means that you need people who have the same mindset. So for example, I see a lot of people or CEOs, you know, who are saying like, yeah, like I don't understand, like, uh, when I see like companies where they have their employee to work like uh, more than nine to five, et cetera, et cetera. For mm-hmm. me, typically I'm like a really hard worker. Like uh, I work long hours. I really like, uh, and I know that I do that because I love what I do. And I know that I learn so much faster than anyone else 
uh, around me not working the hours that I know that putting the hours is important. And I want to be surrounded by people who are challenging themselves, who are really passionate, who love to learn. And if that means working long hour, obviously, like I'm super like conscientious about like, uh, you know, burnout and all this risk. So you need to obviously have period of rest. It's like really, really important to go on holiday, take breaks, like, yes. uh, or just like whenever you feel overwhelmed, just like to kind of like, okay, it's fine. Not working this afternoon. Like my brain is like, uh, you know, just overwhelmed. I'm just going to take a break. It's, it's fine. But it depends what type of team you want to build. For me, it's the same as are you like a, a Sunday uh, runner or are you like a, a professional athlete? You know. Okay. And okay. For me, it's it's exactly the same. Like a guy would just want to run like uh, I don't know 10k at the end of the year because uh, he thinks it's fun and that's what he enjoys. There is nothing wrong with it. Like uh, it can be really cool. Like it can be like having fun. It's uh, it's good that he's exercising every day. Like perfect. But if you want to become the best and you know like uh, you know achieve greatness, it, it's not by just chilling and you know like doing these these things like uh, that are just a bit less intense. Yeah. I Easy assume. choices. Hard life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Um, and how do you manage your time? You have so many projects. You also have your YouTube channel, your podcast. I don't know, do you yeah, have some some it, tips for uh, entrepreneurs for uh, I don't know, in productivity? I think like uh, I think for me it's always like um, different. I would say like uh, not productivity, but I would say like more like efficiency periods. Okay. where i know that from time to time i'm going to be able like to network meet with a lot of other people like read watch videos learn like shit tons of things so in that time i'm really not going to be productive in a sense that even though i'm learning tons of things i'm actually not producing anything and after that i usually have times where i just remove all the meetings from my calendar and i'm just like hardcore working and uh, <laughs> and applying everything that i've learned so for me, it's like, it's always this thing of getting tons of things in my brain. And after that, having like time where I just like execute. Uh, okay. I, I know that some people manage to kind of like have time for learning, then have time for like all these type of things. So far, I haven't managed to do that. However, what uh, is helpful on a daily basis is to time box. So I usually time box uh, things uh, within the day where I know what I'm doing and um, and just uh, just make it easy for for tasks. So for example, if I want to record, I'm just gonna have like a few hours of recording. If I want to write scripts, if I want to write posts on LinkedIn or like socials, all these type of things is like time boxed in my calendar. That's where that way I make sure that I'm gonna do it. I understand. I understand. So you're uh, kind of in extremes. You have two weeks of uh, learning, and after that, four weeks of uh, applying. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. I, I think noticed it, that I, to myself yeah. as well <laughs> because I was trying to balance them, but I saw the time. No, this week is full of this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, talking about your book, what's the the number one thing that people can learn from your book, or why should they buy it? I guess it's like for anyone interested in growing a business because the book goes from, you know, like uh, how do you find a problem to solve? How do you validate an idea quickly when you don't have money up to how do you find your customers, how you scale it and how you exit a business? 
So mm -hmm. again, like in the last uh, yeah four years, uh, I grew a business to a valuation of $150 million. I grew another one like that I sold. Uh, and, you know, like I did that just with $1,000. So I think it's uh, all my learnings, very actionable, uh, lots of little drawings to explain in a fun way, like uh, how things work. And, and yeah, I made it like super short also, because I think like most business books are like fucking boring. And I think you could, uh, a business book, which is like sometimes 500 pages could be just like maybe a hundred page with like a, a light talk. So exactly. I just write, yeah, I write the way I speak, uh, no fluff. I just like cut things and, uh, and make it super, super actionable. Okay. And uh, what's your best tip for personal branding? Me, myself, I'm trying to grow my personal brand on Instagram, on LinkedIn, maybe on uh, even on YouTube. Um, what's your, uh, I don't know, what your most important tip? You, you post a lot, so uh, people yeah. should absolutely follow you. I've learned a lot <laughs> and I've been following you for a month or something like that. So mm -hmm. uh, yeah, tell us the, the secrets. <laughs> for me, I would say that the first thing is find the topic you want to discuss about. Mm -hmm. That can be two things, either the topic you want to become an expert at. So let's say I want to become the best entrepreneurs, which means that everything that I'm going to learn about entrepreneurship, I'm going to document it and share it. Mm -hmm. So every time you read an article, watch a post that makes you think about something or you learn something, write a post about this and post it. Yes. Or you do what we call like uh, the, the past test, which is, what have you learned in the last two years that you can teach to people? All of that is similar in a sense that if you want to master something, you need to teach it. And writing to me is literally like the best way to teach anything hmm. to anyone. Because whenever you think that something is very clear in your mind and you start writing it, you would see whether or not it's true. Okay. And most of the time, people believe that they master something because in, in their mind, everything seems clear. But whenever you ask them to write it, everything feels like, oh, shit, you know, like I haven't thought about that. This is not really clear, et cetera, et cetera. So for me, it's like two options. Option okay. one, think of the things that you've learned in the past. Uh, and that's where you can list down everything and start writing about it because you already master it. Or option two, just think about where you want to be in the next years and start writing about it, you know, like uh, as you go. So learn in public, essentially. Great, great piece of advice. I knew that, I, I know that Gary V recommended that uh, you don't have to create content, you have to document your process. It's, yeah. uh, it's a simple shift that uh, yeah, allows you to, to create the content and uh, don't have that fear of, oh, I'm going to be judged or something like that. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> amazing. And uh, about what you said, it's a saying that um, the teacher learn, learns the most. When you teach something, you you also uh, learn it uh, better <laughs> definitely definitely okay um guys uh you you also have your own podcast bootstrap stories uh i started listening to it i saw around two episodes and i'm i'm gonna watch all of them <laughs> because <laughs> it, it's incredible value and i looked i saw only 100 subscribers and i said wow well why don't you have more followers it's a it's a ton <laughs> of value here <laughs> so yeah i just uh, just wanted to spread the word so you can uh, you could also follow uh, fo follow you at uh, bootstrap stories on on youtube also your uh, personal youtube channel and uh, yeah lemlist also has a youtube channel <laughs> <laughs> we're everywhere <laughs> okay uh, mm -hmm. do you have uh, anything to say to 
our audience as an outro <laughs> yeah like uh, i mean my role to be honest is to really like help as many people like launch their businesses etc so if you have any question reach out to me on linkedin i answer to every single of my messages that's great yeah you responded to mine when i asked you for a podcast so yeah he <laughs> he, he responds to all the messages thank you so much i'm i'm, I'm thank grateful. you christian <laughs>